0: ILCA is, today, the world's leading and most important multidisciplinary society tackling liver cancer. ILCA Hello, everybody. My name is Amaya Lujambio, and I am an associate professor at Mount in New York, working on mouse models of hepatocellular carcinoma. I'm here with Stephanie Ressler from Heidelberg to discuss the general session one on molecular pathogenesis from ILCA meeting 2021.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie Rossler and I'm a research group leader at the Institute of Pathology of Heidelberg University Hospital in Germany. My research focuses on molecular analysis of hepatocellular carcinoma and cholangiocarcinoma patient cohorts and uh, the functional analysis of the identified alterations. The first talk of the session was by Dr. Philip Haber from Mount Sinai in New York. And it was entitled "Molecular Markers of Response to Anti-PD-1 Therapy in Advanced Hepatocellular Carcinoma." So, Amaya, what do you think about what's the highlight of this talk?
0: So this was a very relevant and timely presentation, given the importance of immunotherapies based on immune checkpoint inhibitors in hepatocellular carcinoma right now. Uh, as you know, nivolumab and pembrolizumab which are the anti-PD-1 inhibitors, are both approved in second-line therapy. However, it is still not clear which patients are most likely to respond to immunotherapies. So in this study, what they did is they took samples from advanced HCC patients. And this was a huge collaborative effort. They got samples from 13 different centers in seven different countries. And they did uh, an array of different um, characterization of the samples by performing transcriptomic analysis, sequencing the beta-catenin CDNNB1 gene, and also performing immunohistochemistry. So as expected, the responders had a significantly longer survival than non-responders. So that demonstrates that they chose well how to uh, call every every patient. And then those patients that uh, receive anti-PD-1 as frontline therapy also were more likely to to respond than those that receive it as second-line therapy. So in those patients, uh, in those that receive it as frontline therapy, response to anti-PD-1 was associated with interferon gamma signaling, with MHC class II formation, and with MHC class II dependent antigen presentation. So, one of the findings that I found more interesting was that uh, beta catenin mutation was not linked to response to anti PD1. So, a previous study in HCC patients uh, from Memorial Sloan Kettering has shown an enrichment of patients with beta catenin mutation in the resistant group. And a study from my own group in mouse models, we show that beta catenin mutation uh, promotes resistance to immunotherapy in mouse models. However, in this study, patients with mutation in beta catenin that also had an inflamed phenotype were responders to immunotherapy, suggesting that even if beta catenin mutation has been shown to be associated with a non inflamed phenotype, it is possible to have beta catenin mutation and an inflamed phenotype. And in that case, patients are more likely to respond to immunotherapies. This also indicates that the inflamed phenotype, rather than beta-catenin mutational status, may be more important to predict response to immunotherapies. They also studied whether there was any association between response to immunotherapies and known HCC-related signatures, and they found an association between Hoshida's S1 and S2 and response to immunotherapies. And finally, they came up with their own signature, which includes genes from the interferon gamma pathway and antigen presentation and contains only 11 genes. And this signature could be used to potentially to identify those patients that are more likely to, to respond to immunotherapy. And finally, in the non-responders presented high levels of T. rex in the tumor microenvironment, suggesting that this cell type may be involved in the resistant mechanism.
1: This is really interesting. What I also found fascinating is that in second and third line, their signature was not related to response to pd one And this suggested that prior tyrosine kinase-inhibited treatment altered the immune landscape of HCC tumours in a detrimental way.
0: Yeah, that's true. That also highlights the importance of having samples prior to starting immunotherapy, Rather than archival samples, as the immune crime may change due to tyrosine kinase inhibitor therapies.
1: Yes, so the second talk of the session was by Dr. Daniela Sia from Mount Sinai, and it was entitled A Novel Microenvironment Based Classification of Intrahepatic Cholangiocarcinoma. And uh, cholangiocarcinoma is uh, lagging a little bit behind the hepatocellular carcinoma that we ta- heard from the first talk. And so the second talk also focused on the immune microenvironment of um, intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma, ICCA. So um, this is a highly relevant study as uh, treatment options for patients of ICCA are still very limited. And even though targeted therapies against um, FGFR have um, received FDA approval, the first um, analysis um, and clinical trials of um, immune checkpoint inhibitors such as pembrolizumab have been disappointing in cholandrocarcinoma so far. So maybe this is because there is still not a good understanding in ICCA of how oncogenic pathways shape the immune context, and therefore it is crucial to better understand the genotype, immunophenotype relationship, relationship to design novel combination therapies. So uh, in this study, they performed a virtual microdissection of a large human intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma cohort and generated a novel classifier, which they named STIM classifier. And this comes from stroma, tumor and immune microenvironment. So in total, um, they used four different uh, data sets of gene expression data of ICCA patients and uh, they performed a deconvolution of the key elements of the tumor and the tumor microenvironment um, and uh, thereby, they identified five different ICCA subgroups. Two of these subgroups were inflamed um, ICCA subgroups and three were non-inflamed ICCA subgroups. Very interestingly, the ICCA subgroups um, had the highest number of CDAT T-cells, as expected, And um, also they um, grouped into two different groups, the immune classical subgroup, which had the highest overall immune cell infiltration and also the immune uh, inflammatory stroma subgroup, which was characterized by high desmoplastic reaction and also immune cell infiltration in the stroma. The classical uh, immune subgroup had very few overall mutations, whereas the inflammatory stroma subgroup was enriched for KRAS mutations and had also PI3 kinase AKT mTOR pathway activation signaling at the transcriptional level. On the other hand, the three non-inflamed ICCA subgroups included the largest group of ICCA, and uh, these tumors had stem cell features and therefore were named the hepatic stem-like subgroup. This subgroup had high infiltration M2 macrophages had the highest number of BAP1 and IDH mutations, and also the expression level showed notch signaling activation. A small group of of patients had highly proliferative tumors and very low to no inflammation, and this was called the tumor classical subgroup, whereas the last group had low immune infiltration and was therefore named the desert-like group. The classical tumour and the desert-like subgroup both had co-occurrence of KRAS and um, P53 mutations, and the tumour classical subgroup was also characterised by MYC target gene expression.
0: Stephanie, the findings in patient cohorts are so important. In addition, it is important to develop relevant mouse models to test novel treatment strategies.
1: I completely agree with you. So uh, to this end, uh, Sia and colleagues performed cross-species analysis to identify which mouse models may recapitulate the human subtypes. They used uh, four different uh, mouse models, but uh, in essence, they identified that three of these mouse models could recapitulate um, their um, human um, subgroups. So um, they used a mouse model of overexpression of KRAS together with depletion of P19, They also used uh, notch ICD and AKT overexpression. And in the last model, they used um, YAP and AKT overexpression. The KRAS mouse model um, represented the inflammatory stroma subtype and um, very nicely recapitulated uh, the stroma phenotype with infiltration. On the other hand, the NOTCH ICD-AKT and also the Yap akt mouse model, they both represented the hepatic stem-like subtype of the human ICCA.
0: Yeah, so it seems like there are three cholangiocarcinoma subgroups for which relevant mouse models are still missing. So the available and future mouse models will have to be characterized in regard to the patient subgroup they may, they may represent. But at least for the inflammatory stroma subtype and the hepatic stem cell Like subtype, these mouse models may be useful for testing therapeutic interventions right now.
1: Yes, um, I completely agree. So it is very interesting to see in the future which of the already existing mouse models and also which of the future mouse models may fall in these um, groups and whether all five um, subgroups of ICCA may be represented by different mouse models.
0: So, the, the third talk of the session, let's move to that one, uh, by, by Dr. Daniel Ho from Hong Kong. Uh, was, uh, the topic is Single-Cell RNA Sequencing Unravels the Immunosuppressive Landscape and Tumor Heterogeneity of Hepatitis B Virus-Associated Hepatocellular Carcinoma. This was a very long title. As you know, hepatitis B infection is a major risk factor for HCC development and has a very high relevance prevalence in Asian countries. So in this study, what they did was single-cell RNA-seq in eight HBB-associated HCC samples, and they were able to sequence more than 18,000 cells. So one of the most interesting findings was that there was an inverse correlation between tumor-associated macrophages and tumor-infiltrating CDAT cells in these samples, and in addition, the tumor associated micro- macrophages expressed immunosuppressive markers, a result that was validated in additional HCC patient cohorts. In the case of the CD80 cells, they, they were expressing exhaustion markers such as PD-1 and TGIT. And finally, they did some uh, functional experiments where they showed that the immune checkpoint landscape uh, was modified by the TG nectin-2 axis. And TGT was expressed in T cells while Nectin-2 was expressed in antigen-presenting cells. So to, to study the role of Nectin-2 in anti-tumor immunity, murine experiments were performed by using the HEPA-16 HC cells, and they did experiments in vitro and in vivo. So in a proof-of-principle prim- experiment, they generated Nectin-2 knockout tumor cells and uh, by knocking out Nectin-2, that was able to improve the proliferation of T cells and also the infiltration by T cells.
1: It is interesting that they inhibited Nectin-2 in the tumor cells. This data is suggesting that a broad Nectin-2 inhibitor could have additive effects by inactivating Nectin-2 in antigen-presenting cells and also in the tumour cells. So the last talk of the session was by Dr. Bernd Heinrich from the NCI, and it was entitled The Tumour Microenvironment Shapes Innate Lymphoid Cells in Patients with Hepatocellular Carcinoma. So this uh, study again focused on HCC, and um, the main focus of the study was to um, identify different cytokine gradients from the tumor microenvironment and um, which uh, uh, cytokines may influence uh, also the immune cells. So the authors very elegantly combined expression profiling of the triplet samples of non tumor, the tumor margin, and also the central tumor core of the same patients. And they identified cytokines. Um, which formed gradients uh, from the non-tumor while the margin to the invasive um, carcinoma. In addition, they also used human um, cultures to measure the cytokines that were se- uh, secreted from the cultured um, tissues uh, and were secreted in the media where they could measure these cytokines. The cytokines um, were high in the tumor sen- uh, center and they're associated with a uh, poor outcome in the uh, validation cohort, which is from TCGA. And um, other cytokines were lowly expressed in the tumor and uh, consistently they also um, were associated with better outcome. Very interestingly, they also um, focused on the innate lymphoid cells, um, the ILCs. Um, these are the innate counterparts of the T cells, and they strongly influence, um, uh, they're very strongly influenced by cytokines. So, therefore, um, they use fax analysis to identify the ILC groups um, that differ between the non-tumor and tumor tissues. Interestingly, ILC2 cells, which is a subpopulation, they increase from non-tumor by the tumor margin to the invasive tumor. In contrast, ILC3 cells are decreased from non-tumor to the tumor core. The cytokines which were produced by the tumor core were also collected uh, from the uh, fresh tissue cultures and added to the mononuclear cells um, of the non-tumor tissue. And very interestingly, this led to an increase of ILC cells and a decrease of the ILC3 cells. Um, So this is very similar to the observation in the tumor tissues. Lastly, they also performed single-cell RNA sequencing and they revealed that ILC cluster different from non-tumor and uh, the HCC patients. So, um, trajectory analysis of the single-cell data further revealed that ILCs undergo plasticity from an NK-like cell towards the ILC2 specific uh, in the tumor tissue. And uh, for the patients with a high ILC2 to ILC1 ratio, um, they had uh, undergone stronger ILC2 direction plasticity, and they also had better prognosis uh, in the overall survival. So, this work was very hi- nice and highlighted that innate lymphocytes contribute to the, the anti tumor response, um, and K like cells transitions via the ILC. Three in the non tumor tissue toward the ILC2 cells in the tumor tissue. And uh, this is orchestrated by the key um, cytokines they identified. And um, the high number of ILC2 cells in the tumor tissue is also associated with better outcome.
0: Yeah, I, I was very impressed by the use of fresh tissue and in vitro culture of immune cells. Also, this work emphasizes that detailed analysis of immune cell plasticity may help, help better understand anti tumor immunity. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for helping me summarize General Session 1 on molecular pathogenesis from ILCA 2021. I think uh, these four works demonstrate that we are in the right direction to better understand hepatocellular carcinoma and intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma. And I'm really looking forward to talking to you at ILCA 2022 uh, and discussing more science with you.
1: Thank you, Amaya. It was also my pleasure working together with you. And uh, it was really fun um, to be at ILCA 2021. And I'm really looking forward uh, to this year's ILCA. And I'm hoping to see many of the colleagues. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: ILCA. ILCA is today the world's leading and most important multidisciplinary society tackling liver cancer. ILCA